welcome back, Cuzzies, to another episode of the Coaster Cuzzies podcast. If this is your first time tuning in to the Coaster Cuzzies, this podcast is where two friends talk about roller coasters, theme parks, and shenanigans. Your hosts for the show today are Coaster Bro and Chef Jeff. In today's episode, the Cuzzies continue down the East Coast to Ric Flair country in search of credits, grub, and glory. So stay tuned and listen to the Cuzzies in your ear. Woo! What's up, Jeff? Welcome to Ric Flair Country, which is also known as Carowinds, apparently. Good to see you, man. Hey, you too, bud. How's it oh, going? Great. I'm, I'm feeling great. Happy, um, I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Did you oh, eat yeah, anything good? Did you eat anything good, Jeff? Uh, real talk, we're recording this ahead of time because we've got some stuff coming up, so I'm just going to say yeah because the food's always good at Thanksgiving. I mean, we <laughs> haven't even had Halloween yet uh, on the day of our recording. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> yeah, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but uh, yeah, this is going to be a, a rough patch for us, so we're we're getting it in early here. Hey, how about the relaunch? I hope everybody loves the new logo. Really cool. Um, and, uh, I love yeah, the colors. Yeah, really excited for this uh, season two. First episode of season two. And what better part to start off with than Carowinds? You know, the 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 coaster boys everywhere. Love Carowinds for kind of their top four coasters. And um, we love and hate it for the top coasters and some of the worst. <laughs> Just a, a hilarious uh, collection of rides. You you called it something before we recorded. What'd you call oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Carowinds is very much a uh, Jekyll and Hyde kind of park. Lots Weird. of good, maybe even more bad. <laughs> it's true. Like, uh, it, it's, um, it's such an odd collection. I remember when I was like a kid or a kid saying like high school, um, kind of studying parks for the first time and you know before fury and before they started throwing in like awesome b&ms i remember seeing the lineup of this park and saying i don't think i'll ever go to carowinds like ever <laughs> and uh kind of eating my words now looking back as you know one of the one of the top cedar fair parks in the chain so um excited to highlight that and then we've got a, a fun town of charlotte to highlight where uh Rick Flair's hanging out, a bunch of southern accents, and um, and a bunch of people going woo. woo. And, and the only place you'll go where you'll see people wearing Panthers stuff. Yeah. Actually, uh, I can't remember how far away it is specifically, but if you really want to uh, go out of your way, I know uh, old Logan might. Uh, mm-hmm. The tribute to Dale Earnhardt is nearby, which I've also visited. Uh, let me let me see where that is. Okay, so yeah, uh, Kannapolis is only a little over 20 miles away from Charlotte. Uh, so you can uh, go pay your tribute to uh, Ray's Hail, Phrase Dale. Excellent. So there's a racetrack. Get a, above uh, life-size uh, tribute to Dale Earnhardt. That's They've wonderful. Got a big old statue and a plaza and stuff. It's, it was nice. Anytime there's a statue of Dale Earnhardt, I think you gotta go, gotta go see it. For whatever reason, in my brain, I always lump Dale Earnhardt and Stone Cold Steve Austin together. <laughs> it's it's like an era of our childhood of just like complete, absolute legends. 
doing just doing the damn thing. So uh, I completely yeah. understand. Yeah. Well, we got to talk about uh Let's talk about Charlotte first in this episode. We can save Carowinds for the end. <laughs> But uh, I think we've got some Southern cooking here that we kind of need to talk about. And maybe, you know, some Viet- Vietnamese food and, and, and some other stuff in between. But, okay. um, There's a little bit of everything here. Got, got to have a little bit more variation than we did in Old Myrtle. <laughs> you can only have Actually, seafood I don't think I, I don't think I touched uh, on uh, seafood at all for you guys. So you're welcome. We just need a little bit of time off from seafood. Yeah, yeah. That would, we get that's back all to you eat for a week. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's uh let's lead off the list. Uh, Carolinas have a claim to barbecue. Whether or not that claim is valid is a whole other story. <laughs> but uh, I, honestly, I can't really recall. Uh, I think Carolinas has the mustard-based sauces, right? It can. So, can. I, from what I understand, like the farther east you go, the more vinegar um base that it is but kind of once you get inland uh, i I would say even even in charlotte you might get a variation of like the vinegar based and like tomato based barbecue um either way you're probably looking at like specializing in pig yeah well the the initial picture i saw for this place it's called the sweet lose barbecue uh, they, I'm, I'm particularly as, uh, aside from burn ends, probably the neck, the the runner up meat for me. Love barbecue sausage. Ooh, excellent! They have a pretty sweet looking jalapeno cheddar sausage, which I'm also a sucker for. I've got some in my freezer right now. I just uh, visited Springfield a little bit ago and stopped by my my butcher to pick some up. Mm. Um, but sweet lose. Uh, similar to a location we might know here is located in a decommissioned service station. So an old gas station. Oh, Uh, heard about that before. Right. I don't know who did it first, but we'll uh, say, uh, we'll say here to start a war. We'll say Joe's did it first since uh, it's the home team here. Yeah. 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 Well, this is, this is the hill we're going to die on. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If you want to get some Carolina barbecue, whether or not it is true Carolina barbecue or not is a whole other story. Uh, sweet lose you know one thing i do love about uh carolina barbecue and it took me a while to actually do it because you know I, I lived in atlanta for a while where the barbecue was a joke it was an absolute joke like you, you get hot dogs at any barbecue place in atlanta which freaks me out um but but the pulled pork for me i mean whenever you're eating carolina barbecue that's that's like my go-to and the barbecue is different but i would still say it's barbecue because it's like uh it's like pulled pork, kind of vinegar base is what I've had before. And then like the sides are extremely Southern, like Southern, like soul food almost. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's greens and there's going to be um, mac and cheese and it, it's, it's really good. So um, they do have some pretty solid it. looking pork ribs too. Uh, it's going to be a little expensive, but I mean, ribs generally are. Yeah, but this is, I think, uh, when you're in the Carolinas, that's a place to go ahead and splurge on barbecue a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, take it for a spin. I also uh, tribute to my dad here because always we'll find a soup he likes. Uh, their Brunswick stew looks pretty solid. Uh, it's pork and chicken uh, cooked with tomatoes, onions, uh, lima beans, and corn. It looks That really looks solid. incredible. I, I love meat and veggie stews, so I'm, 
I'd definitely try that. And I gotta say, quality house pickles. Look at those things. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a pickle man. I love, uh, I love when barbecue places serve their house pickles, but especially if they throw some pickled onions at you, I am, I got mad love for pickled onions. And the the thing for me for pickles is like uh, good barbecue. I think is if you don't have the pickle, you, you're, I think you're actually insane. Because it's uh it's the palate cleanser. It's uh it's what kind of allows you to eat more of the barbecue, I'd say. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I have a hard time trusting uh somebody who doesn't like pickles as I sit in my house with uh my girlfriend in the other room who doesn't like pickles. What? It's okay. Let, let her know I no longer trust her. <laughs> She's earned her pass. <laughs> she deals with me on a daily basis, so yeah. That's I mean, a no pass. She's she's worse through. The, the uh obvious character flaw and um yeah just putting up with you so it balances out yeah just a little <laughs> bit uh all right well next on the list you're in the south we've got to get some soul food uh we've got mertz heart and soul who has been featured on triple d so that can be both a blessing and a curse because a lot of those places who've seen their time on tv uh have a 50 50 tendency to degrade into worse than they started because of their popularity. They can't keep up and they start cutting corners and blah, blah, blah. You know the rest. D and D, or you said D, triple D, is that a diners? Diners, drivers, and dives. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I had to make sure. Yeah. Good old Guy Fieri and his dislike for eggs. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's okay. He's a good dude. Uh, been learning a lot about him over the last few years. He's actually like, despite his on-air persona, he is he he does excellent uh, work with people in general. So, shout out the guy, good guy. It's a hard 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 to hate guy. Yeah, like legit. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Mertz Heart and Soul got lots of soul food on the menu. They lead off. With the southern fried chicken, I mean that's going to be a, mm. you know, you got to try it. They've also got soul rolls, which are uh, egg rolls with well, the egg roll wraps with black eyed peas, seasoned rice, collard greens, and diced chicken, served with a spicy honey mustard, uh, is apparently a popular thing from them. So you know, if you're wanting to. Uh, Venture out and have your soul food delivered in a different vessel. Got to get yourself some soul rolls. It, it kind of feels like there's a little bit of like a, a New Orleans influence on some of this oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah, they definitely, they had, uh, I think I saw red beans and rice on there, which lots I'm of, also a sucker for. Lots of po' boys, lots of shrimp, lots <laughs> of uh, lots of seafood, actually. Um, all fried, of course, but um, yeah, some some good looking stuff on here. Absolutely. So that uh, that rounds out our trip to Mertz. Highly recommend them. It looks like that'll probably want to be a dinner uh, end of day kind of thing where you are winding down because you're pretty much going to be useless after. So, <laughs> yes. uh, so speaking of Cajun, next on the list, we do have an actual Cajun restaurant uh, called Cajun Queen. Uh, so when I looked this up, it said it was housed in a converted Victorian style mansion. And I looked up the place. And it just looks like some house over by Westport. Yeah. So <laughs> I uh, took creative liberty and changed it into Victorian style house. 
Perfect. I love that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, they've been serving up Cajun favorites for 40 years and just kind of they've got pictures accompanying every menu item. I I got starving real fast. Everything looks good. All of it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I would have a hard time picking one thing. It, it all looks great. Uh, but I'm I'm a sucker for Cajun food to begin with. So it kind of looks like the way they have it set up, it makes it look like uh, this is designed to be eaten in courses. Is that right, or is it just like tricking me into, hey, you should have two appetizers and an entree? Yes, <laughs> is that what it's doing? It's tricking me. Why not? Why not both? Yes. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. I think I've, if yeah. I was here, I would just follow the menu and just like you know what, I'm just gonna throw a lot of money down on this because it looks good you're on vacation yeah i'm on vacation that's right uh, unless you live in charlotte in which case treat yourself but let's hey let's let's go through it appetizer second course entree and dessert and we have to pick one all right you know what i'm looking let's at yeah yeah i've got it i've got yeah. it right here so if you want to lead off with your order first i'm going uh for for appetizer i'm going crawfish scampi Looks good. Okay. Garlic, white we... wine, scallions, parsley over our bayou blend of spices. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, I think I'm going to... Uh, see, I'm not a big fan of oil. There's only three options on this appetizer list. Yeah. And I'm not just saying this to be different. Uh, but one of them is Cajun fried oysters. I'm not a big fan of oysters. I've tried. Me either. Um, so I'm gonna go with the other option, the uh, the fried green tomatoes. I do actually like those. Um, All right, excellent. Yeah, look, uh, a lot over a bed of baby lettuce. Baby lettuce. It looks good. There's some sort of fun sauce yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's what's your second course? I'll let you go again here. Um. Ooh. This is tough. Honestly, two of these are even. Um, I have a feeling I know what you'll choose. Uh, but I'm going with the wash day blues. Uh, it's a red beans and rice topped with grilled andouille sausage. I think I would also pick that, but I almost went cup of seafood gumbo. Yeah, that looks that that was. It's a very one two. There's 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 not a lot of difference between picking them. Yeah, I think I would go. I have to go wash day blues though for sure. You know what? Fuck it. Let's go with both. We're on vacation. Okay. Oh yeah, we're on vacation. Yeah. All right, this is the hard part, the entree. Yeah. Oh, I think, oh, man. Shit. I think I'm going Cajun pasta. Yeah, that, that one's probably a go-to for me uh, at a lot of places, but if I'm going to a legitimate Cajun place, I got to try their, their etouffee. Mm. What, what's the etouffee? Uh, it is, it's a dark, highly seasoned roux-based sauce with simmered peppers, onions, and celery, which is also known as the Cajun Trinity, apparently, uh, served over rice, it's hot, spicy, and available with chicken, shrimp, crawfish, or any combination. It just looks great. It does look great. Yeah. And then, uh, let's go to dessert. I'm, I'm hands down going New Orleans coffee here. I love a coffee for dessert. Yeah. Um, see, I'm not, I'm not a big bread pudding person. I'll eat it, but it's, it doesn't really do a lot for me. Um, the, 
I mean, I could probably eat my words here and get some hate for this, but their pecan pie doesn't look terrific, so I'm probably also going coffee. Mm, fair enough. And you said it wrong. It's pecan whenever you're in uh pecan. in the Carolinas. My bad. <laughs> my bad, Carolinas. Uh, but I also don't like pecan pie. Um, pecan, sorry. Uh, but bourbon pecan pie in the Carolinas is like if, it's probably a good second choice. Yeah. I, I don't mind pecan, pecan pie. Sorry. Sorry, everybody again. Strike two. Uh, I like I like pecan pie. Um, I, I don't know. Just kind of looking at it, just for whatever reason, their picture doesn't look super appetizing to me. I'd agree. Yeah. Coffee bros. We come back next day for brunch. I'm definitely getting beignets. Yeah, me too. Duh. If there's beignets on the menu, I'm ordering them. There's no question. And did that place ever? I know. So there was a place here at City Market that sold uh, beignets. Yeah. And uh, they also sold the Cafe de Monde coffee, which was the place down in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, they closed because of the pandemic. Tried reopening a standalone restaurant elsewhere, and then that also closed. Um, so far as I last checked, they have not succeeded in reopening again. I'd like to see him come back though, because their beignets were excellent. Yeah, good beignets are hard to find too. Yep. All right, let's hit the next restaurant. Uh, I'm kind of hungry for breakfast. What do you What do you got? Yeah. Um, picked a place called Easy Like Sunday. Uh, this is going to be your breakfast or brunch option. Um, the ricotta stuffed French toast with berry compote and crumbled bacon. Uh, I think is one of their featured items. Looks really, really good. Uh, price points are going to be kind of above average for a breakfast place here, but you're on vacation. That's, that's a excuse for everything. <laughs> that's the excuse. And yeah. uh, you know we're playing with uh, fake money right now, so just just fucking buy it. Right, right. They've also got uh, fried chicken and cornmeal pancakes, which sound excellent. Uh, you, just a number of other breakfast staples. I mean, the place seems well regarded. Yeah. You gotta hit yourself. You don't have to hit yourself. You gotta hit up easy like Sunday, Charlotte. Yeah, I'm so definitely. This is this is lock this in because it looks outstanding. Yeah. Speaking of which, I know I talk about. So speaking of French toast, I should say, uh, for my Kansas City listeners, Kansas City area listeners, um dropped this in the discord this last week but i had the french toast of my life that's the urban egg which is over near town center uh is that on like state line it's uh row and i want to say 119th okay it's right over by uh um what is the name of that shake shack over there ah nice yeah, kind of, sort of, across the street and up. The, well, actually, the, I think the container store is right out front. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's in that little strip. But uh, they, they, I can't remember what all was on it, but it was uh, it was good sweet French toast uh, dredged in crushed cornflakes, so it had some crunch to it. And then uh, had a berry compote and pureed, uh, like a pureed lemon sauce. So good. So good. I love hearing you talk about food. Yeah, it's great. I uh didn't earn this body. Being picky. 
sexy as hell, my my man. <laughs> that's that's one word for it. <laughs> Other my uh, ear is spelt, or I can't remember how that's pronounced. Or whatever. But anyway, yeah. Uh, hit up Easy Lake Sunday for breakfast. And we're gonna round out our food list with. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go a little adventurous. Well, not so adventurous for me, but some folks don't like to expand their horizons a bit. A uh, good place for some Vietnamese food. A uh, good place to start would be a banh mi sandwich. Um, I love banh mi's. Uh, there was a place in Springfield that had a, a fried pork belly on there, so it was super good. This place looks it, bomb. It, yeah, it's it's real good. Well, I can't speak for their stuff, but I've never had bad Vietnamese, especially banh mi's. I've never had a bad banh mi. I'm sure they exist, but I've yet to run into one. But it's it's a sandwich that just kind of feels fresh. Yeah, it looks um, like a lot of a little bit veggies. of meat, but it's it's more veggies and they're like fresh veggies. Um you're gonna it's you'll feel kind of good and clean and satisfied walking away if it's something you find is in your wheelhouse. I don't I don't walk away feeling bloated and gross like some of the things I eat, most of the things I eat, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, they got like wings and fries too. If you're not as adventurous, um, that look also pretty fire. Yeah, they know where they are. <laughs> the uh, something their their rolls look real good too. Uh, they have uh, what look kind of like spring rolls. Some of them have meat in them, uh, but are generally veggie dominated. But the the wrap is like transparent, so you can see into the rolls, which kind of kind of different. But I like it. It look they look real good to me. They also have an insane amount of like drink options with like juices, smoothies, frappes, milk teas, fruity green teas, coffee, and like bowls. Like this is a, yeah, I think everybody can, you know, even if you're not an adventurous eater, I think you could go here and have a really good meal. Yeah, I think I'd try that pomegranate tea uh, with strawberry and I've never actually known how to pronounce this uh, lychee. Lychee bites with rainbow jelly and uh, basil seeds it looks real good hell yeah I'm a for pomegranate so i will be one of those people who just sits there and de-seeds the whole thing and eats it as a girl there if you've never done that it is a fucking chore oh yeah sucks i know there's ways around it but it's a little nostalgia thing from growing up they also stain a whole bunch if you've never done it. So wear clothes you don't care about if you're going to do it because it is unkind. All right. So now that we've uh, rounded out our food options for Charlotte, let's uh, let's jump into the stuff to do. Uh, kind of leading off, not really super creatively here, with more food. Uh, there are lots of farmer's markets apparently in the area. So I just kind of picked out one. Uh, I think this one is near the airport. So if you're on vacation uh this might be more convenient um the charlotte regional farmers market uh, they've got many local offerings both food wise and craft wise if you want to uh collect some some designer pieces uh but you know all local um see if you can't hunt down a quick lunch to grab and go or just uh take in the people watching i'm sure it will be great at a farmer's market so Whenever Charlie I go to farmers that. markets, I I often am like the most enjoyable part is walking around. <laughs> for me, I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just seeing people sling their craft. 
Yeah, yeah. That whether it be so, their their side hustle or their main hustle. Right. Yeah, I always love a farmers market. I didn't know that they were known for kind of having a bunch of farmers markets there either. So that's that's pretty exciting. I I did not either, but I when I was looking up for stuff to do in Charlotte, uh, they had like an entire dedicated list on the site I was at, and there were like eight of them. Nice. So, and the one closest yeah. to the airport is going to be uh, close to the part too. I remember flying into that airport and seeing Fury. Like, it's one of my favorite things about that uh, Charlotte airport. <laughs> yeah, it is see. nice to be able to to see a coaster as you're rolling in. Exactly. What do you got so next? Next, we have the. I'm not sure. I didn't actually like look to see if this was short or something, but it's Noda, but like the N and the D are capitalized in that. So the Noda Craft Beer Trail. I'll look uh, it up. Not only a good time to wander, but you get to break it up with great local brews. Um, I'm not sure if they have like a stamp situation. Like I know one of the places we talked about recently had. Like kind of a collector's like get some get some local swag for hitting up a certain number of breweries, um, but it might be worth checking into. I think it's a neighborhood, North something maybe. Mm. Oh, Noda is just like yeah. a town. Oh, well, there you go. That's what it looks. It's like. not far. Like it starts close from the well. One end of it is close to the city center. I don't know which end's the start again, but. Yeah, it spans a good several blocks. So, yeah, so there's a, it looks like the note, like a, it's a neighborhood in ODA. Mm-hmm. Noda. So there you have it. That's, what it, that's what it stands for. <laughs> Noda. And I think there was, I don't remember how many breweries there were along this list, but there were several. Yeah, um, I mean, just so. looking at it, I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, all within the area. Yeah. Within the span of it, I want to say it was about like 10, 15 blocks. Yeah. Pretty like, impressive. A lot of them were very walkable too, which is a, so like get a hotel there. And uh, if you love craft beers, just get a hotel in that area and just uh, stumble around. Yeah. And depending on the uh, traditional buzz you can expect from yourself, the walking gets easier as you go along. It's true. For me, it definitely helps. <laughs> so. All right, well, next we've got the Good Karma Ranch, uh, where you can come get a tour and meet some llamas and alpacas, petting, feeding, the works. I uh, I like llamas and alpacas, so I'm I'm happy to go meet some. Yeah, anytime you here. see llamas and alpacas, you're, uh, you're in the right spot. I'm sure they're tired of hearing uh, Napoleon Dynamite quotes. Have to be. Hey, they also Dude, have like get some dinner, you fat lord. <laughs> they also sell clothing off of uh, llamas and alpacas, I guess. Yeah, they. Uh, I think they they shear and make make wool and yeah, beanies and scarves and, and yeah. Not a lot so of you summer. Can not attire. only get a tour, but but yeah, get get your winter wear at the good farmer yeah. range. Fresh off the llama. I will take that llama's fur, please. (laughs) All right. Uh, Next on the list, we've got the Wing Haven Gardens and Bird Sanctuary, uh, full of beautiful plants strategically grown to attract birds, local birds, uh, show off the region's 
avian variety. It looked pretty pretty for, uh, you know, kind of a botanical garden thing and kind of throwing in the exo potentially exotic bird. Well, not really exotic, but you know what I mean. Yeah, just it, getting to see a collection of birds is can be neat if that's something you're into. And it's also got kind of like a southern feel to it, um, as as much as you can kind of make a garden feel like a southern garden, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like lots of fancy yeah. gates and fountains and and yeah. that sort of thing. Definitely playing into their strengths, and it it looks like established too. It's not like modern or anything. So this this is, I think, some place that might be preserving some history as well. Yeah. And birds and plants. And birds. Preserving all the birds and plants. <laughs> Got to preserve those things. <clears throat> all right. That was the Wing Haven Gardens and Bird Sanctuary. Uh, rounding out the list, just kind of more of a for fun, like wind down the day kind of thing. Pins Mechanical Company. Uh, they've got, not only do they have adult beverages, but they have lots and lots and lots of games. This kind of looks like, uh, yeah. reminds me a bit of Up Down, just bigger. Um, and they've less... got pinball, they've got old arcade machines. Just yeah. what were you gonna like... say, sorry? I was just saying it looks like they have like more to do too. So there's like bowling alleys, uh, mm -hmm. pin pinballs. Wait, what I'm thinking of foosball, never mind. But there are pinball machines. I think yes, that's, uh... there's lots and lots and lots of pinball machines. They, they like have it like feels like any empty space they have along the walls they fill with pinball machines. <laughs> so and I would say it feels like outdoor games too. Yeah, so it kind of feels like Up Down is, is more of like an arcade bar. This mm -hmm. like has some arcade games, but also it feels like fancy brewery, like, but also with like some sort of like axe throwing facility without axe throwing, but more like yard games, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Um, they're, they're kind of all over, but it definitely looks like a great time to come and cool down with your group. Yeah, definitely a cool hangout spot for sure. And it, uh, from the look of it, actually, is not too far from downtown because one of the night pictures is has got the uh, the skyscrapers in the background here. Oh, so, good, good, good views. All the views. All right, well. that rounds up our attractions for Charlotte. Rick Flair would excited. be proud. Rick Fair, Rick Fair, Rick Flair would be very proud of your highlight Woo! of his city. Woo! Well, Which is, I think, hilarious because I don't think Ric Flair is actually from Charlotte. I, I can't remember where he's actually from, but his uh, wrestling persona was always billed from Charlotte. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> All right, so we got a, a great part to highlight here in Carowinds, and uh, I'm excited to get to the coasters. We've got 14 coasters to highlight, but I want to learn a little bit about the history of the place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Carowinds. Announced in 1969 with original plans suggesting ambitions not just for a theme park, but they were going for the whole resort shebang. So they had plans for hotels, a shopping center, a golf course, and they even wanted the NFL stadium nearby. Oh. The project was headed by the Carowinds Corporation. It started with the amusement park, which after some construction delays opened in March of 1973. 
The 73 oil crisis, however, put a damper on the rest of the resort plans and mounting debt pushed the Carowinds Corporation to merge with Taft Broadcasting going forward from 1975. The park continued to expand and the name was changed in 1993 to Paramount's Carowinds with movie theming hitting the park. Uh, in 2006, Cedar Fair purchased the park and the rest is history. The park is home to my number one favorite coaster of all time. Fury 325. Fight me, fanboys. I am a big fan of that ride as well. Yeah. A huge fan. Huge fan of a huge coaster. Yep. Is it still the tallest traditional lift coaster? I'm been, I, I've been terrible about keeping up with stuff. I can't think of one that tops it. <clears throat> I can't think of another one. Um, I think it is the tallest, yeah. Without getting blasted. Right. Yeah. Getting launched is a whole different story, but uh, getting gently carried up to a height of 325 feet is a whole different animal. But I will not uh, reveal too much. We'll get to talk a little bit more about each of these here in the upcoming segment. That's right. So, yeah, we got 14 coasters to highlight. And when did they get 14 coasters? That's that's a high number. That's like we're talking about like kind of getting there with Cedar Point and the King's Islands of the worlds. So kind of good to see Cedar Fair pouring money into this park. Which so would have yeah, I was gonna say low. looking at their list, like a lot of these seem to have popped up in the, the 2000s. Yes. And since like Fury, there's been a huge just well, even I guess it started with Intimidator in 2010. Um but since then just popping in bangers. So we'll we'll highlight them all. Uh, one of my personal favorites at the park is the 1999 edition Afterburn. The B&M invert was six inversions. And this is actually personally, I think, my second favorite invert. Um, I think it has a great layout. And it has my favorite element on a B&M invert in the bat wing. You don't get that on many. It's kind of an element that you saw in some of the older school inverts that you don't see as much anymore in the new school stuff. Um but yeah, that Batwing element, real snappy, real aggressive. And um, this is just a great ride. I love the Afterburn. And oh yeah, I forget, this is a park we've both been to. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have opinions on Afterburn? I I am. I think you and I are kind of, because uh, I think uh, in the Bush Gardens episode, you mentioned not always the biggest fan of inverts, um, whereas I have kind of a soft spot for them. Yeah. Um, and... Honestly, I think this one may be my favorite that I've ridden, but I don't have a super expansive collection like you do. Right. Yeah, you haven't ridden Mont too, which would be my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's great, Hopefully. though. Yeah, Afterburn. Great, great stuff. Uh, the true B&M roar, the true B&M snappiness and aggressiveness that um, I do like on B&M inverts and has gone away Um Really, kind of once you started to get into the 2000s, it kind of turned into quiet, a little bit more graceful BM inverts. So, um, yeah, a stamp of an era here. Mm-hmm. All right. In 1980, we saw an edition of the Carolina Cyclone, the Arrow Looper. Uh, I believe I got like a new paint job on it, which looks nice. Um, but yeah, this is not one of my favorites in the park. Uh, <laughs> a little bit rough. Um, I, th- I believe it's like a somewhat yeah no i'm not even gonna say that i was gonna say i think it's a unique layout but i think it's like a double loop with kind of standard arrow corkscrew kind of thing 
Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those you don't write home about. You don't hate it. You don't love it either, though. It's, it's part filler. It's filler, yeah. It probably wasn't intended to be filler when it was installed, but now it's filler. Yeah, yeah. In 1980, it was uh, probably revolutionary. Yeah. All right, 1973, you have the Carolina Gold Rusher, the Aero Mine Train. And um, this is secretly, like, of the of the garbage at the park, probably, <laughs> like, kind of rises to the top of the garbage for me because it is a classic Aero train. There's uh, some of the helixes are kind of sunken into a tunnel feel kind of thing with, like, wooden structures above it, which seems kind of cool. Um, so, I, you know, I don't mind Carolina Gold Rusher. Did you ride that one? I you remember it. Did, I was I I like vaguely remember it, but I don't really like. I did watch a. I had to refresh myself and watched a slew of POVs before we got in here, just to kind of remind me of some of this because it's been about six years since we went. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember anything bad about it, so there's that at least. Yeah, I think that's kind of where this falls. It's like there's nothing bad about it. <laughs> right. Which is better than remembering it for being bad. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. I'd rather Ta- forget a coaster was there than remember it sucked. Yep. That's very fair. Then we're highlighting the 2019 edition. Um, the only credit I don't think I have at this park. Um, Copperhead Strike, which is the mock multi-launch um, with kind of the fun theme of, you know, grandma... Uh, making moonshine which is um i think a lot of fun and uh, i'm excited to see the theming on this because i haven't really dove into it a whole lot um you know this is one of those rides that people love or hate people who seek intensity on their top coasters almost hate this ride like they think it's boring and uh not intense enough and why is this built cost too much should have put something else in that crushed my spine kind of thing um but then you have some people that are like hey this is a wonderful attraction and um i love it it's one of my favorites in the park so i i tend to think i would be on that side of the camp because i do like a i don't need my coasters to be overly intense to enjoy them so yeah i'm excited to ride it and thinking of uh if you took the spinning element out of like time traveler because you and i both rode time traveler it would be kind of boring without the spinning element i'd say and i think the forces are similar yeah, I so I, I when I watched this um, before I rewatched it again today, like I, I know I had seen a point of view for it before and remember not being blown away by it. Like it looks like a good fun coaster in general. Yeah. But uh, I think my primary gripe about it would be at least from the in POVs don't give everything away, forces and what you feel and everything. Um, it just kind of looks like for you know for a launch coaster that it kind of takes everything kind of at a pedestrian pace. Like it doesn't really feel like it's going too quickly or anything through through much of this. Yes, I think that's the main criticism of this ride, for sure. Um, but I am excited to get back one day and ride it because um, it yeah. seems like my kind of ride. Yeah, I still have an open mind to it. I said POVs don't give everything away. Mm-hmm feeling it is a whole different animal so could i'd like to be able to eat my words there <laughs> all right we got the 2009 edition which is currently called flying cobras 
we wrote it when it was Boomerang. Or sorry, we wrote it when it was the Carolina Cobra. And I think I discovered something here, Jeff, that I don't think you knew about this ride, which might actually affect your numbers. I don't know. Because I remember you riding this, but this used to be headspin at Geauga Lake. Did you ride it at Geauga Lake? Yeah. Does it, it? So I can't, I can't remember where we fall on reloads. Uh, it's up to you. I don't know where you fall on it. I know I don't count it, but you might. I would have to look at my list to see if I did count it. I don't remember what, what my stance is or what the community stance is on that or what RCTV stance is on that. Yeah, it's it's mixed. It's a mixed bag. A lot of people count it. So no shame if you do. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's get to the I, I mean, I don't really give a fuck. I'm not about to defend my riding of a boomerang. You've ridden one, you've ridden them all. They all suck. <laughs> they all suck. And I did get to watch you go through a... You know, because I'd been through all the one of my favorite things about this park when we visited, I had already been and rode the shitty rides. So I got to watch you suffer through the credits. And um, this was one of them. And I loved it. Yes, <laughs> we haven't quite touched on the one with my favorite moment and your recording, but we'll talk talk about that when we get there. Oh, yeah, it's I coming up for sure. I do. All right, let's talk about the best ride here. Hands down. The reason you go to Carowinds and, and then you have the rest. Uh, maybe even the reason you go to Charlotte and then the rest. Uh, you've got Fury 325, which found out you and I, both of our favorite coasters. Um, mm-hmm. An incredible gig coaster, well-paced. It's got a great turnaround. There is some good airtime on this thing with a lot of speed. And, man, Fury is just one of those rides you get off, you have a huge smile, and you get back in line again. Yeah, I don't... I don't feel the need to be cute with my rankings. This thing is number one for a reason. Everything it does, it does great. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just from an on-ride standpoint. This thing dominates the skyline. It looks fucking gorgeous at night, especially during Haunt with the fog stuff going on and the 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 lime. I think they were lime-colored lights pointing up yeah. from underneath the coaster. Just like every aspect. It also goes underneath the tunnel on the walkway that goes into the park. Just every single aspect of this thing is bonkers. It's when when they redid their front gate and made Fury kind of the center stage, kind of showing that off at the in the entrance plaza. Like I'm really surprised that we haven't seen more of that. You know, Cedar Point kind of does it with Gatekeeper, but it's Gatekeeper compared to to Fury. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's like it's not really fair to even compare those. Yeah. Worlds of Fun would have to move and get rid of a lot in order to to accommodate a move like that because I don't think there's enough space to uh, work a coaster into the entrance of the park personally unless they did like some big helix out over the entrance plaza. Yeah, that would be tough. I think they could uh, potentially kind of do it over by over by Prowler, have the station kind of be where Zombie High is. But even then, you're yeah. you're stretching it a little bit. It's a lot of back areas. It's not going to be the prettiest ride. I I think I would like to see them. Uh, what was I going to say? Put a part, put a coaster in that just goes out to J Lot and back, and just call it the employee experience. Yes, that'd be great. But slowly, like at a snail's pace. Yes. <laughs> Feels like a rainy day, you know, on a Saturday yeah. that you're seeing or something. 
Next coaster to highlight, we got 1994, the Hurler Wooden Coaster from International Coasters, Inc., which I'm trying to think of any other coaster that's operating that's still ran by them. And I I personally can't. I don't know if King's Dominion Grizzly is by the same company. I just don't know. I don't remember offhand. Uh, But this is a ride that's interesting because it feels like it shouldn't be here still. I know when Hurler at King's Dominion got the RMC treatment, everyone was like, yes, Carowinds is finally getting their RMC because they'll just clone it and do it here. Um, and that never happened. And I don't, I don't know that it will. Uh, I don't know what the deal is there if Cedar Fair is just like tired of RMC's work uh, or they didn't really like what Twisted Timbers was or something. But it, it's interesting to see that Hurler is even still around. I guess it's the only oh, uh, wooden coaster that's like adult sized. Maybe that's why they're keeping it. I don't know. Yeah, it's that's which is not a great reason in my opinion. I don't like this thing personally, like at all. No, it was. Um, it sucks. I've ridden. I rode both hurlers one year, and this was definitely the worst version of it. It was like the one at King's Dominion was in better shape than the Carowinds one for sure. So I'm with you on the suckage. <laughs> yeah. 2010, we had uh-huh. the uh, Hypercoaster Intimidator added, which catches a lot of criticism as being Intrimidator, which is a good pun. But personally, I do think this is an underrated out-and-back hyper. Um, I think the airtime is really good on it, and I love the uh, kind of Helix finale. In it. Personally, I think this is the better of the Intimidators um, as it's more comfortable and you don't you know, black out on it. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's... Uh... It doesn't doesn't feel like a challenge to see if you're still awake by the end of the ride. Yes, yeah, which is a good thing I think in coasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing is something most should aspire to. Most should, yeah. Uh, we got a really good kitty area here, and you know, Kings Kings Island always gets credit for having like one of the best kitty areas um, in the industry, but Carowinds kind of knocks on that door as well. Um, you've got the 2003 edition Kitty Hawk, which is a, uh, which is fun because the next one we'll highlight is Nighthawk. So you've got the Kitty Hawk version of the adult coaster that beat your fucking ribs in. Um, but yeah, the Kitty Hawk is the Vacoma Hanging Bang, which is a little rough. But even if it's a little rough, I still enjoy these rides um, mm-hmm. as as kind of Kitty Vacoma rough is pretty bearable, I would say. Or manageable. But um, yeah, you got Kitty Hawk and then the 2004 edition Nighthawk, the Vacoma Flying Dutchman, which was like closed all season and just recently opened back up. Um, why? I don't, <laughs> Not why were they why closed? Did it, why, did they, why did they open it? Yeah. You got to think this is like prime territory to just rip that thing out and put in like a nice GCI Woody or an RMC or something. It's um, occupying a good spot of land that could go to literally anything else. And there's a lot of people that defend this ride and say it's not that bad. Holy shit, the one time I rode it. I mean, it really kicked my ass. I watched... Uh, I didn't see what the date was on the point of view that I watched before I came on today. But, like, it's it's rare for you to be even able to tell how rough a coaster is from the point of view. Because generally they try to stabilize it. Yeah. It looks decent. Not the case with this one. It just looks like it sucks. Yeah. 
It does. And uh, I know they got Firehawk's old trains from Kings Island. Uh, Firehawk was the, the wrong one to take out. I think they should have took this one out, maybe kept Firehawk. But then again, you replaced it with a Giga Coaster. So, I mean. And what stinks <laughs> is this is this is over like one of the the like it looks like it's probably a drone picture is it's over a nice area with a, a pair of little little ponds yeah so it's it's over a pretty spot of land i think it could be used uh much better and the capacity is also terrible on this thing and it's like at the front of the park mm. so the lines are always bad so if you're going to get your ass kicked you got to do it first thing in the morning um, right yeah i just I, I i honestly hate everything about nighthawk I remember that you and I skipped this. Yep. I was like, hey, man, that's just going to kill you. Yeah. Nope, I heeded, heeded that advice. It's got a sweet sign, though. Yes, the sign looks good. Yeah, that's about the only part. Highlighting the 2002 edition, we've got Ricochet. We talked about Mac oh, Wild Mouses, um, how they're not as bad. This is a mock Wild Mouse. Did you ride this one, though? Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> yeah you just 100 percent hate wild mice then this yeah. is about as good as it gets well, well. <laughs> noted uh, let's move on to one that's actually worse uh the 1992 edition of vortex the b&m stand-up i think one of the first um to to ever open and boy can you feel it uh i'll save my words for this for now because we're yep. gonna do a little thing with with the list here yep absolutely um so we'll highlight the 1998 edition of wilderness run which is the miler kitty coaster formerly known as lucy's crabby caddy and i don't think you were on this trip but um i did get this credit because the ride operator was like yeah fuck it adults can ride i don't care um, shout out to that guy for kind of being, you know, apathetic about his job, but because yeah. um, they got me a credit. But the uh, the end of this ride has an insane amount of like pull and airtime going kind of, you're kind of turning and being whipped and airtime and like your neck snaps and stuff. It's a really intense kitty coaster, <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, and it has the distinction uh, I'm seeing when looking through the pictures of formerly being themed to the uh, cartoon Hey Arnold. Nice. Was it Taxi Jam? Taxi Chase. Taxi Chase. Taxi Chase. Yeah, because this used to be a Nickelodeon theme uh, back in the Paramount days, which mm-hmm. kind of an L from Cedar Point to not keep that. Um, Nickelodeon was a far superior theme to Peanuts, I'd say. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then uh, the last one to highlight, 1975 edition, um, kind of a soft spot in my heart, this ride, Woodstock Express, the PTC family coaster. I just love these family-style woodies. Even though they're kind of borderline kitty coasters, uh, I don't know, there's something about when they're woodies, it's like this is really enjoyable. I, uh, I, I liked this one. Uh, it's rare to be able to add a kitty woody to your list and yeah. this was just this was this left me with a goofy smile after the fact and yeah so I'm, I'm gonna go off the rails here so to speak uh that wasn't a silver dollar city pun um yeah 
Uh, so kind of circling back to the, the IP in which Cedar Fair is chosen to hold on, hold on to. Like, I could be wrong here, but I feel like there's absolutely no reach for the Peanut stuff to kids now. And they're pretty much their sole exposure to it is when they go to a Cedar Fair park. Like, it's it's a big old missed opportunity for them to, I think, reach their guests better. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, like, the only way that kids even know about Peanuts anymore, I would say, is if their parents make them watch the holiday specials. And that's, mm -hmm. like, the only thing I can think of. Like, it's yeah. not... Uh, I mean, and even I feel for bad us, saying this, because my, dad, my dad's a big old Peanuts fan, but I... There's just, other than his love for it, there's little relevance even for me. Yeah, we're in our, like, early 30s, and... Um, you know, I think I think the only reason I was ever exposed to it was because my grandparents liked it, mm -hmm. um, and that's that's not to hate on them. They they put together some good material that entertained folks for, yeah. for some generations. Um, Classic cartoon. Time to time to move on and get something more relevant to the kiddos. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And Nickelodeon stays relevant. Like they're still or superheroes. Out yeah. Well. I don't like superheroes as much, but you do have a I point there. But lots of kids do. Yeah, like I don't. I don't think that uh, Marvel is licensed to theme for. No, they Universal has that their stuff. Never mind. Yeah, but I still, think. there's and like Disney kind of has some too. But mm. I don't know. There's still there's Disney. I don't somewhere. know why I didn't think of that since they're fucking owned by Disney. Whoops. Yeah, my so, bad, everybody. So it's kind of hard to buy from Disney, but. <laughs> but you know something something else something relevant i would have loved to have seen uh you know and i'm I'm pretty sure it was at some point for somebody i would have loved to have seen the old cartoon network stuff like mm -hmm. Courage the cowardly dog coaster or something like that and the only park i've really seen do that is dutch wonderland because they have a, a cartoon network hotel next door mm. which is kind of neat but it's not in the park so i don't know what that right. looks like and they don't have the greatest reach. No. Well, anyway, let's let's go through. Uh, one thing I kind of want to start doing for parks that have five or more coasters is I want to rank the top five, um, kind of in our opinion. And then uh, you came up with the idea. Let's also rank the bottom five because Carowinds has some terrible so, coasters. Yeah, <laughs> they really do. So uh, you want to start this with... This could serve as a warning for people with uh, any sort of health issues because, yikes. <laughs> So you want to do top five or bottom five first? Let's uh let's lead off with the top five. Let's let's keep it classy first and lead off lead off with the good here. And we'll, we'll save the good bits and our complaints and criticisms. What's your number five? five after. My number five is the Woodstock Express. Nice. Uh, kind of like I said, kitty wooden coasters are not a common addition to enthusiast lists. This is, as far as I can remember, my first and only. Uh, surprisingly fun and an excellent starting point for uh, kiddos in their coaster career. Beautiful. And I picked five um, as Carolina Gold Rusher, um, as I think it's like a, it's kind of a middle tier arrow mine train and uh, it's not one of the bad ones. So mm -hmm. it sneaks in at five for me. Yeah. Um, I would, I, yeah, I thought about that one, um, but kind of, as I said before, like, I didn't really even remember it was there. I watched the video. I think I'd need to re-experience it. It wasn't, it, like I said, it didn't stick around in my memory for being bad. 
So, um, you know, I think I just need that experience again. And I do, th I do remember Woodstock. Like I remember more about Woodstock Express than I did the Gold Rusher. And Woodstock Express yeah. almost was my five, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it sounds like it didn't make the cut, but that's okay. I forgive you. <laughs> What's your four? Uh, my four uh, is Copperhead Strike, the only one on this list I've not written, but it's the only one that's been added since. Nice. Um, it looks punchy uh, with all the elements so close to the ground. Seems sure to deliver on thrills. Um, like I said, my only complaint is that it doesn't really look like it moves through those elements with a whole lot of urgency. So um, I would like to see that if possible yeah my um, uh i doubt it it changes much on its position even after riding it yeah maybe so my number four is intimidator uh i think it's a really good out and back i think our mm -hmm. top four is competitive here so um kind of hard to pick the bottom of the four especially when you haven't ridden one but uh, i will put intimidator there just because it, it is kind of a basic out and back layout not mm -hmm. It's not a parking lot coaster as they've put some grass under it, but it's you're kind of looking at parking lot coaster status here with this ride. So um, it, it hits four for me. Mm -hmm. All right. I will and see my, my number three is Intimidator. Um, because I've written it, I can actually speak to it. It's, uh, you know, that would probably be the Copperhead Strike may move up a slot, but that's probably the most I would expect um, here. Uh, it's Like you said, it's a solid hyper uh does what it does without any real issues um it's got great views of the surrounding area and the park i can't remember if, i think you and i got a night ride on it and uh that and the fury make the park look real good especially during the halloween events with all the fog happening yeah so yeah no no real complaints about that one i can't remember if it was uh intrimidator when we wrote it um or not, but I, I don't remember disliking it for any purpose. It just didn't like uh particularly stand out to me as like a great coaster. It's a good middle of the pack thing, I think. Yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> uh we traded out our four and three because my guess is Copperhead Strike I would like at three. Uh, mm -hmm. just because I don't I don't need it to be intense. I think the theming will be fun. And uh a Mac looping coaster is something that I've been looking forward to doing, one that doesn't spin. Um, mm -hmm. even though the spinning ones are fantastic, um, I, I am still interested to kind of see what this is like. Cause there's not many of these in the U S I think it's the only one yeah. in the U S I'd like to be proven wrong on my, cause I can only go so far when all I'm doing is watching a video. So I very well could be wrong. Um, but generally after you've ridden a certain number of rides, you can kind of gauge how something should feel. Mm hmm. <clears throat> I think I know both of our twos and ones here. Um, I'll say two for us is Afterburn, the yeah. B&M Invert. I love it. It's a smack in the mouth. It's got the old school B&M snappiness. It's got the bat wing element. And I, I really like it a lot. And, was, and like I said, it's. I think it's my favorite invert. I'm sucker. I'm a sucker for inverts. That's kind of hard to explain. I do think as I was watching the uh, video for it just to kind of remind me of the layout there's a lot of elements on it that are very much like patriot for our folks that have ridden uh but i like the color scheme on afterburn better um it's surprisingly smooth for its age uh at least at the time of riding i don't know if it's continued to age gracefully or not um like you said it did have the the intensity and the punchiness kind of like i love the batman rides mm -hmm. uh, even though they're clones 
they 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 pack a great ride in a small area. Um, but afterburn, yeah, yeah, it's a good solid number two here. Um, yeah, you, you can take. I, the oh, others. so what I was gonna say is I love the. Uh, I think part of my love for it inverts. I don't know what if it's like a nostalgia thing, but kind of like the the sound of like the they're noisy. Yeah, like they've got like a, a drone as they go through the track and I don't know what it is. It's just kind of iconic to me. So uh Fury three twenty five is the number one. Um it's rare for me to feel any sort of mode anxiety getting on a coaster anymore with as many as I've done, even though it's less compared to lots of people. Uh Fury does that with the anticipation of getting on. It's the tallest traditional lift coaster. Uh the drop is indescribable. The rest of the ride excels at keeping the party going. And it's the most beautiful coaster I've ever seen at night. And one thing I also love about this ride is, you know, while a lot of people's number ones of like Voyage or El Toro or I-305 are kind of controversial, this one is unanimous. Nobody gets off Fury 325 and says, it's not that good. Like it's consistently everybody fucking loves it. And uh, that's one of my favorite things about the ride. And if they do, they're just doing it to be edgy, those jerks. Yeah. And, and nobody does it to be edgy even. It's like, it's I've never heard anybody be edgy about it. Yeah. Well, that's the top five. And now, alternatively, we need to do the bottom five of Carowinds as the park is big enough to do it. And I think what we'll do here is at number five will be the fifth worst, and then we'll go up to number one. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. works for me. I'll, I'll go ahead and lead it off. I'm going to pick uh, Hurler as my number five, which is the wooden coaster. A bit rough. A bit boring in layout and um, really a one and done for me. Uh, so I put Hurler at number five for me. My number five is Nighthawk. I felt bruised just watching the point of view. <laughs> and you didn't even write it. Right. Okay. Whew. Very nice. Uh, what, what, what's your uh, number four? Number four is Ricochet. Uh, if you woke up this morning and decided that you want all of your ribs broken, come ride Ricochet. <laughs> You I don't love know a if good it's a uh, just me thing, but Jesus. You love a good unbaked turn. It's your favorite. My number four is Carolina Cyclone, which is the uh, I, I almost called it unique, but it's not the uh era looper. Um uh, it's not a complete ass beater, but it beats your ass just enough to be in the bottom five here. Yeah. I should say uh numbers two through five are still better than uh, Dragon Slayer at Adventureland. Yep. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't even finished getting to those yet. Fuck Dragon Slayer. Fuck it. Yeah. What's your number three? I think we might have the same. Number three is Flying Cobras. It's a boomerang. Fuck them. Same. It's a boomerang. Fuck them. You're never going to get out of the bottom three if you're a boomerang. And it's... we should make that into a t-shirt uh, along with... Uh... Uh, only scramblers. Uh, it's a boomerang. Fuck them. <laughs> That's a good idea. I think it'd uh, do yeah. well in the store. Yeah. What's your number two? Uh, hurler. Uh, I've ridden many bad coast, bad wooden coasters, and this is one of them. Uh, for me, it was rough and unkind to the ribs. See, my number two is one that was also rough and unkind to the ribs. Um, and that's Nighthawk. Uh. I think it has to do with like the whole restraint and just the jankiness of the transitions. And this ride yeah. is so bad. Um, it's, Had it's I actually it written looks. it 
Yeah, I was going to say, had I actually written it, it would probably be higher up the list, but I can't accurately assess the damage if I don't experience it firsthand. It yeah. just did not look good. And I'm on I'm on the camp of burn this thing down. Um, yeah. And also, the number one, I think we both agree on, also burn this motherfucker down. And, and, and you got a yeah. lot of space because they're next to each other. What do you got? You could put a whole... You could put a racing coaster on this land. Yeah. Uh, Vortex vasectomy is done for the price of admission will direct you to the video of my feelings on it yeah there you go and uh we we i've done a tiktok before of you um riding this going up the lift hill and just giving me the bird and i'm so glad i caught that on the whole way up the lift yeah because there's no way i was fucking riding that with you yeah that would suck i'm glad you didn't because i don't think that anybody should have that oh that fucking sucked it's it's a coaster uh, I wouldn't even recommend getting the credit on. My balls hurt just talking about it. Mine too. My <laughs> balls hurt for you. Yeah, thanks. Hey, what a you're welcome, man. Yeah, that was fun. I, I like the. Uh, we might have to do that more often with some of these bigger parks. Um, yeah, I don't know that we can get away with it at Dollywood because you know, I don't think there's enough coasters, and their collection is actually like all good. So right. Yeah, I don't remember much in the way of complaints there other than Lightning Rod being closed. Yeah. So, all right. So, those are the uh, roller coasters, and we've done our little roller coaster segment. I do want to highlight other attractions. And honestly, when I looked at other attractions, I was like, oh, man, this could be better than it is. But that's all right. They have a dark ride called Blue ba- Blue Bla- <laughs> Boo Blasters <laughs> on Boo Hill. <laughs> the Blue Blasters. Boob blasters, boob blasters. No, that's a that's a different kind of uh, attraction. <laughs> um, but anyway, yep, that's a pretty good dark ride. I mean, you're you're looking at your kind of standard cut and paste Sally dark ride, especially kind of. I think this was added in the Paramount days. Maybe even used to be a Scooby Doo ride, mm-hmm. and then um, I think Cedar Fair went with the generic blue, <laughs> the generic boo blasters overlay in all those parks so mm-hmm. it's decent uh, definitely worth a ride um they also have a decent wind seeker but most cedar fair parks have that by now and then um you've got the carolina sky tower which is like their observation wheel which i or observation tower rather which i still haven't ridden but looks like it could be a great way to get views of the park and they also do have a water park and looking at the slides there's nothing that's like a must ride there, but there's a really good collection of like middle of the road slides is how I would highlight Carolina Harbor. And then um, one thing that this park does really well, and I think we'll see in the future them continue to do well, is having good events and adding events to their parks. So um, you and I, we actually visited on Scarowins or a night of Scarowins. And uh, I would say it's a really good event. I thought it was better than kind of yeah. what Worlds of Fun puts on. Um, very similar, though. I mean, all your Cedar Fair haunts are, are pretty similar um, in themes of houses, and some of them are kind of repeated. But there were some unique houses here, too. So um, I really like their scare ones. Yeah, it was good. Um, I think part of my leniency on it is that you and i got the fast passes so i think we were able to hit everything pretty quickly 
even with that, it didn't feel like probably their lines were as overwhelming as, as overwhelming as Worlds of Funs get mm-hmm. um, for their haunt attractions. I don't know if it's just not as if there's more stuff to do in Charlotte Halloween wise that doesn't necessarily draw everybody to the park or what. I didn't really dive into that, but it was like they did put on a good event. I, I enjoyed all the houses that we did at the time. And that was back when Skeleton Key was a thing where each house had like a special thing involved with it. Um, yeah. I missed that. That was a that was a fun thing that I think I don't think any Cedar Fair parks do anymore, which is really sad to me. I still have the lanyard with the the hole punch card and the the key from that visit. Nice. Yeah, that was really cool. I really enjoyed that with you. Um, now they also have Winterfest, which this year they announced. Um, I would say one of the biggest criticisms of their Winterfest was that Fury was not open even when it kind of had the weather to do so. And they announced that it's it's going to be open for Winterfest this year, which really bumps up like the event, I would say. Um, probably one of the better Winterfest now of the like three that run now. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you also got the early July. They have a Grand Carnival, which is your cut and paste uh, event. But they do have that going on. And then in April, they had the state line celebration, which I really like the idea of this event because this is a, an event you can only do at Carowinds. You can't do the state line anywhere else because um, it wouldn't make any fucking sense. So good to see that. And then with them announcing that they're taking their park 360, well, not 365, but year round, I think you can expect to see some sort of event in the wintertime, um, kind of in that January, February, March range to bring in attendance so anyone at all yeah anyone at all is kind of the idea here because it'll be a little chilly in january february but what i don't know what weather's like but it's i feel like it's even though it's kind of the carolinas are considered the south i feel like it's like too far north for to be able to expect it to be warm yeah to a degree i I think you're gonna hit like i i think it would be comparable to springfield um, like Silver Dollar City weather, I think you're pretty yeah. close in latitude there. I think where where some days are touching the the forties, where you may or may not be able to ride the coaster at all. Yeah, I, they're definitely going to lose some weekends here. Um, but yeah. I like the idea, so good for them. Um, but yeah, you got a, a good lineup of events this year. They were supposed to have the tricks or treats fest. But all of Cedar Fair pretty much cut it unless, uh, you know, they didn't have Haunt. Like the Valley Fair and um, California's Great America got the event. But then everyone else just silently kept their old Peanuts event, which kind of big F you, Cedar Fair. I didn't really like that move. Um, but maybe maybe it comes back next year. Who knows? But, yeah, there's your, there's your highlight. Um, now we do have food. There's some oh. good food offerings here. There, There is. Um, kind of as a whole, it's a very Cedar Fair lineup. Yeah. Um, the, you cut, co- the copy and paste places with some... It feels like somebody was naming them on Roller Coaster Tycoon. Just goofy <laughs> names for restaurants and shit. But <laughs> there's, there's a few little gems I picked out here. Um, I'll lead off with the Blue Ridge Country Kitchen. Uh, their featured item is their rotisserie chicken, which is allegedly pretty good. I'm a sucker mm. for a good uh, rotisserie chicken. And they've also got adult beverages available here. So uh, you can get the signature Copperhead Strike IPA. Nice. Take a more brewing. 
Yeah, this park so. actually does uh, alcohol pretty well, I'd say. Like, there's a lot of yeah. uh, restaurants that have good selections. Yeah, what was the... It kind of looked like a pavilion that you and I dipped into for a minute. I think it's we the, had a beer it's there. the next thing on your list you're highlighting, actually. The Harmony Hall? Okay. Yeah. I think I just remember it different in my head. Um, so the Harmony Hall Marketplace. Uh, they've got five different stations. They've got air conditioning for those hot days. Uh, they've got Italian food. Uh, they've got the grill. They've got barbecue. Uh, they've got a section called Sunrise Fresh Bowl, which will be, I think it was like poke. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I pronounced that right. but uh, And then they've got the bar. So uh, satisfy a number of cravings on a hot day in air conditioning. It was kind of a, it, like I said, it kind of it felt like a pavilion style. So there's a bunch of picnic tables and stuff in the middle. Um, so a good, good place to, to relax, kick back and recharge for the day. And I would say they usually, have, cause they have a stage there too. And most of the times they have something happening on that stage, whether it's like a local band playing or some sort of, um, show for, uh, seasonal event. So I think this is like, honestly, as far as like, you know, you hit your top five coasters here and then Harmony Hall is like a place to go in and check out whether whether it's checking out one of their good restaurants or even just grabbing a beer and sitting in some AC for a little while. And it's like super convenient off the midway. It, Harmony Hall is so cool that I'm surprised it didn't get put in every Cedar Fair Park. Yeah, I think it would be a good addition. Um, I mean, World's Fun kind of has a ready-made area for that right by the front gate, the pavilion tucked back there behind the uh, yeah. carousel. I feel it could be easily converted into something like that. Yeah, they should just do it. Yeah, just do it like Nike. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. All right. Um, next on the list, we've got the Carolina Candy Shop, and you know they're they're legit when they spell shop with the extra P and E. Mm -hmm. um, headlined by homemade fudge and candy apples. Come get your sweet tooth addressed at the Carolina Candy Shop. Mm -hmm. The yeah, candy can... apples do look legit. Southern candy apples, man. You can't count them out. It's uh, yeah, more kind of one now. more popular in the South for whatever reason. Yeah, I like. I do think I like caramel apples better than candy apples. But Me too. Both are good. Yeah. So. Uh, next on the list, we've got Fair Fries. It wouldn't be a proper park food list without a dedicated French fry place, and this is the park's resident dump all the shit on your fries location. I'm here for it. And yeah, they look fries. pretty solid. They had one, a picture of one that kind of looks like a a Philly cheesesteak. And I, it almost makes me want to just drive out to Charlotte just for that. <laughs> Philly cheesesteak fries, please. Yes. I mean, it sounds Ooh. delicious. Ooh. We cannot linger on this too much because I may just leave in the middle of the show and drive to, to Charlotte. Okay, anyway. Well, we got to wrap it up so you don't leave in the middle of the show here. Yeah. Last on the list, Chick-fil-A. You know what you're getting except on Sundays. Or, or you actually, you especially know what you're getting on Sundays, and that's nothing. Yeah, that's also true. You know, I it's always... The line applies. It's always fun to me to see, like, what parks have Chick-fil-A, because it's like, oh, they don't operate on Sundays. But still, I think you see the the popularity of a Chick-fil-A in a park from Monday through Saturday, and it's like, oh, yeah, they don't they don't need Sunday. <laughs> 
Well, and uh, so similar to that, the Mercedes-Benz Arena, with the primary residence, yeah. my understanding being the Atlanta Falcons, they put in Chick-fil-A, and I thought that was hilarious because most of the games are going to be on Sundays. Yeah. And uh, I think it still crushes because, like, if you go on a Thursday night game, it's like, holy shit, it's actually open. I can get it. <laughs> yep. But that is, that is extra funny um, that they would do that. I, I think they do it just for the marketing, to be honest. Probably. Like, is there even uh, a restaurant there? Who knows? I mean, it's kind of, it's out of my normal rotation now. Um, I, for whatever reason, uh, we'll die on this hill that I like Canes better. But I, I don't think that you feel the same way. I was literally thinking about Canes driving the other day. And I think uh, I've said this many times on the show before, but the most arrogant place. Um, and I was thinking this is literally what I was thinking yesterday <laughs> as I was driving. And I was like, you know what? A place like Canes is so arrogant. It's only got one sauce. And um, the one thing it does, you know, because they, they, they're they proud of the one thing they do of being chicken strips and fries. It's not done well enough to be just chicken strips and fries. It needs to be a bigger menu. I... I then that's a common criticism I hear about it. I, I particularly, I do like, I never really had a bad experience with the Canes. Um, their, their drive-through service has been consistent. They're always kind. And I, they never, it's hard to get the order wrong when you only make chicken strips and fries. Like really can't, like if anything, I usually wind up with an extra strip or two and you can't really complain about that. Extra chicken strips are nice. Yeah, and I, like, there's occasions where, like, if I let it sit too long, um, you know, it's it's a little bit soggy when I get home. But other than that, like, generally good crispy, and I love their sauce personally. I But I'm not about to make somebody feel bad because it's not their favorite. It's okay. Now, one thing I do want to point out, um, a really good chicken place in, like, North Carolina, not not in Charlotte because I just looked it up, but, you know, if you're on the road trip and you're going, like, in and out of North Carolina, there's a couple of them. Uh, PDQ is a really good chicken strip place. Um, lots of sauces and um, really delicious chicken strips. So I just want to throw that out there. I want to give a shout-out to PDQ since chicken strips are uh, – we start talking about them. And I thought, oh, the Carolinas, this is what I think about. Um, apparently, there's a shitload in Florida. Um, but North Carolina is the second – most popular place so i just want to give it a shout out yeah. i'm glad you didn't mention uh what's that other chain there um bojangles bojangles we you and i had that uh along along the highway somewhere yeah uh, and i was far from i mean i'm sure there's better times to go i don't know if this was a normal experience but it felt like all of my food had been sitting under a heat man for like three hours that's very possible um so, but i do like their spicy chicken strips i'm just gonna gotta give bojangles a shout out too i'm i'm willing to give them another chance because i'm chicken is my go-to often uh yeah. when i go to wendy's it's a spicy chicken sandwich um you know, I'm, I'm willing to give them another shot, but the first first impression was not good. I still hold them in a higher regard than Whataburger. Yeah, I would too. All right, well, that's the end of the road trip for Carowinds and the Charlotte area. Our next stop is uh, 
really kind of a Super Bowl stop of uh, the road trip because we're going to be stopping in the Dollywood Gatlinburg area. It's going to be hard to to contain our excitement here because we've got Dollywood, one of the best parks in the country. We've got Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge, which is really an insane amount of attractions. How do we even whittle that down amount of attractions? And then we also have all these mountain coasters we have to talk about because there's so many Mm -hmm. in the area now. So um, this is going to be a monster show, um, this next stop. So I am excited for it for sure. Um, The planning is going to be real difficult. So I've got to figure that part out. But um, yeah, super excited for Dollywood. We may just have to lean into it and expand our list a little bit. I mean, I'm I'm at peace with that. We'll yeah. give, give the area proper justice. It did feel uh, pretty heavily like Branson East, but I'm sure when that people from there think that Branson is Gatlinburg West. Yeah. So, I mean, gosh, even the moonshines and wineries. There, there's so many rabbit holes to go down for this next episode. Oh, I think I'm going to be here for all of it. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. And then uh, we appreciate you guys listening. If you uh, enjoyed the show, make sure you check us out on all of our socials at coaster cousins. Hope you're enjoying the rebrand. We got a little, uh, you know, a little bit of a different show coming at, at you, which i um, excited to finally reveal that to you guys. Uh, really excited um, to have Logan and Mitch on board and also um, a couple of, additional creators contributors to the show that are going to bring a lot so um excited for that so check us out on solo.to slash coaster cuzzies and uh kind of see what's new what's what's popping with uh the show these days that's great we gotta get to dollywood jeff um i guess we'll see our listeners on the next stop see you at the next stop on we go